0: NBR! Let's go! Looks like fun, doesn't it? Oh my goodness, it has been, it has been so incredible these last few weeks. I want to say, uh, just continue the welcome to all of you who are worshiping with us online or at any of our campuses or here uh, joining us in person here in West Des Moines. It's really good to come together and worship, isn't it? My goodness, it's so much fun to be able to come and do this and to be able to be together. And I just, on the heels of the last two weeks, uh, if you didn't know, we had this thing called Vacation Bible School the last few weeks may have heard a few things about it. We had Taste of Hope yesterday and it was 157 degrees out outside and it was amazing. And the last time we did a big thing outside, it was uh, Journey to the Light this winter and it was 157 degrees below zero outside. So somehow uh, it'd be great if we could get something just a little bit in the middle. Uh, But here's the thing, God shows up and God shows up in spite of all things. And I just want to give a really heartfelt thank you. A really heartfelt thank you to all the volunteers and all of you to help make those things possible can we give God praise for that and and you might be saying well i you know i i, I wasn't a part of VBS or i i wasn't able to go to Taste of Hope but you're here you're a part of this family And because of you're a part of this family, because being a part of this family, you, you help us to do the things that we do. And the reason we do the things we do is because we want everybody to know that there's a God who loves them. That's the mission of this place, to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And these last few weeks, we've gotten a very unique glimpse of that. It's been extraordinary. It's been amazing. It's been beyond belief what God's done over the last few weeks. And, and I think it's more keenly, I'm more keenly aware of it this year is because last year VBS was awesome. It was amazing. But we're in the middle of the pandemic. We weren't able to do it in person. And so to be able to have kids in person this year, it was just, it was just It was glorious. It, it was holy, holy means God set it apart glorious it's it's literally you, you see heaven and and you see heaven and earth they they collide in, in a moment. Have you had those moments? those moments where you, you experience them and when you're in the middle of experiencing them, you get this keen awareness that it's just good. It's beyond good. And it's in those moments that you wish you had some sort of a jar that you could kind of catch the air and you could screw the cap on really tight. And when things aren't going the way that they, uh, you want them to go, you could, you could just kind of open it up and just get a, a, a little bit of a, of a sniff, a little bit of a taste of it. That's the way these last two weeks have, have, have really been, and one of the things that's so fun is I have the opportunity to, to being a part of this up, up front, I get the opportunity to see all the kids as they come, and all the kids as they come, and they dance, and they sing, and they worship, and kids who start the week on Monday, each of the sessions, when they start on, on Monday, no matter how long they've been at Hope, they come in, and on Monday, they kind of feel like they might be sitting in church, and so they're they're kind of careful that they, they don't, like, Mess things up, and they're kind of careful that they don't they don't ruin the seats or anything like that. And then by the time Friday hits, there are like kids that are jumping on the floppy seats, right? And I'm looking, I'm like, whoa, don't, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah. and they're jumping, and they are all of a sudden acting like this place is their home because it is. And some of the shepherds will be like, oh, don't do that in church, and we're like, yeah, do more of that in church because there's no place that you should feel more at home than. Than when you're in God's house, and that's where you are, and that's where you've been called to be, and we don't believe it's an accident that you're here, and it's amazing. Friday at Taste of Hope, we have closing worship, and all the lights are off, but all the cool lights are on, and kids are singing and dancing, and and I got to be honest, like for me, I'm not a sad crier. Like some people are sad criers. I'm when I get sad, I, I I get really quiet, but like I'm an embarrassing happy crier. Like when things are really good I just start to cry and so it was on Friday and I was I my, my character at VBS, I'm a nerd uh, it comes really easy to me. I, there's no mystery why they cast me as a nerd. I wear a spinny hat and suspenders and really awful colored shorts and that whole thing. But I was up here dancing and we're singing the song and the song is like off the charts energy off the charts fun, off the charts happy and Alyssa who's leading worship, she's, she's dancing next to me and I'm right here and all of a sudden she hears something and I'm not like shedding a tear I'm heaving at this point and she looks at me and she's like are you okay and I'm like this is just so good this is so good and she's like get a grip but it's just I mean it's so good it's so good because we have this experience where we experience the, the holiness and, and the goodness of God and the reality of his kingdom which Jesus has come to usher in. And that reality comes and intersects with ours. And that's why this year for VBS we had this theme. And some of you kids and some of you adults were here this past week. So you know what I'm going to do. What Our theme was to eternity. You know. To eternity. You know. Because you realize that there's this truth that we have. And it's in those moments that I, I think we experience in VBS, it's, 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 it's like Psalm 118. It's been a psalm that I've been stuck on. If you have been around Hope, you're like, geez, Louise, he brings this up all the time. But I've just been hooked on this lately because I think sometimes we forget it. This is the Eugene Peterson's translation of Psalm 118. Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Because sometimes I think we forget what a gift life is and what a gift that we have to, to, to be people that, that are living this life that God has created for us. And I love the way that, that, that Eugene Peterson translated, he says, this is God's work. We rub our eyes and we can hardly believe what it is that we're seeing. It's the very day that God acted. Let's celebrate and let's be festive. Salvation now, God. Salvation now. Oh, yes, God. A free and a full life. And we experience that. It's what Jesus talks about in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, there's a thief in this world. And the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, but my my purpose, the reason why I've come is to give you a rich, a satisfying, and a Abundant life, a life that, that's free and a life that's full. A life where you experience the, the life that God's created you to live. And I don't want to minimize that at all. But there's a promise that there's something more. That yes, most definitely we want to make sure that we, we, we live in this day that God has made. And we rejoice and we, that we're glad in it. But you know that there's a promise of a life to come, Right? think Sometimes we, we, we can forget that and we can say, well, if, it, if it's just about this life and let's rejoice and let's be glad in it. Well, well what happens if I, I go through a season or go through a time or I go through an experience where I feel like this life isn't the way that it should be? Then, then does that mean that I'm, I'm kind of getting robbed of that or I'm losing out or somehow everybody else is winning and I'm losing? No, there's a promise. That life that we have here today, the life that we're living in, in our physical bodies, it's so incredibly important and it's such an incredible gift but can I tell you a secret? In our physical bodies, it's so incredibly important and it's such an incredible gift. But can I tell you a secret? It's one of the things that we do at VBS. Pastor Mike, kids would kind of come close and all the song leaders would, would kind of come close. And we'd, we'd all listen to what the secret is and, and we'd say, hey, but, but, but wait, there's more. Yes, this life is a gift, but in relation to eternity... I mean, think, think about it. Think about how many years ago, was a gift, but in relation to eternity. Let I me mean, think, think about it. Think about how many years ago, to, to the moment of your birth. And think about all the time that, that exists after we take him to, to the moment of your birth. And think about all the time that that exists after we take is so much more. It's the promise of eternity. It's what Paul, it's what uh, Paul writes about to the church in Corinth. Paul's recognizing, he's not minimizing at all, that, that each person is has been created by God and they've been given gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and, and they're to use those gifts. Gifts to love the world around them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And Paul says, let let, let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Let me reveal to you this plan that God has for you. No matter how good it is when you experience love and the grace of God, there is more. And, and, And Paul says, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing. From the moment from the moment of Jesus' birth. Yes, incredible teacher. Yes, incredible leader. Yes, somebody who encountered people unlike anybody else had encountered people in the history of humanity. Yes, that was incredibly important. But from the moment of his birth, Jesus' life was pointing to his death and to his resurrection. That's why he came, to fling wide the gates of heaven for you and for me. Paul says, if Christ was not raised from the dead, if there is no reality that falls after we take our last breath. Because there will be that time. No matter how healthy we live, no matter how much we try to take care of our bodies, there is something that you and I share with one another. Our physical lives won't last forever. They just don't. I think sometimes we don't want to talk about it because we think that that's like doom and gloom. It's just reality. So where's the hope? Here's what Paul is writing to. Here's the hope. It's in the resurrection. And if Jesus Christ had not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. Our faith, it's useless. The word for that in the Greek of the New Testament is kine, or the root is keneo. Here's what that means. I'll give you a picture of that. I have this awful thing that I do in our house, and I've done it since I was a little kid. Whenever I use the last of something, the last of the milk, the last uh, of the cookies in in, in a package, the last of the cereal in a box, the last of chips in a bag, uh, common sense would say you take the empty container and you dispose of it, right? Right? but many of you have somebody like me in your house and what do they do they took put the empty container and they put it back in the cupboard or back in the that's me and when Bridget and I got married she'd be like what are you doing and I'd be like well I I know and they put it back in the cupboard or back in the that's me and when Bridget and I got married she'd be like what are you doing and I'd be like, well, I, I know, like, but let myself do them. Oh, what a wretched soul am I. I can't put the things away. And Bridget's like, it's not that I'm like, upset because I have to throw the things away. It's because the kids and I will go to the cupboard, or the kids and I will go to the fridge, and we'll see something that we really want, and we'll pick it up, and we'll turn it over, and we'll realize that there's no contents in it at all. That's what Paul's saying. If there is no resurrection, it's like we pick up the faith and we, we realize that all the things that we've hoped for and all the things that we put our trust in, we're trying to shake something out of it that it has no contents. It's empty. Now Bridget told me, she's like, out of it that it has no contents. It's empty. Now Bridget told me, she's like, make sure people know that this was a picture you found and that wasn't my, um, wasn't my handwriting. But Paul says, but that is not the truth. 1 Corinthians 15 57, he goes on. But thank God. Everybody says, thank God. Thank God. Thank God he gives us victory over sin and death. Things we can't overcome on our own. Things that would prevent us from experiencing the gift of eternity. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a hope. That there is a life that we look for and we look for that is Christ. There is a hope. That there is a life that we look for and we look for that is to come. him. And they knew that there was going to be a time where Jesus had told them, I'm not going to be able to be with you forever. And they knew it, but now the time was at hand where they knew that his time on earth with them, it was, it was done, he just told them that. And so they were overwhelmed with the reality of loss and the reality of, oh my goodness, what if this is all that we have? And Jesus says in John chapter 14, in the first verse, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Which on first breath, every time I read that, I kind of catch my, my, my voice in my throat because I'm thinking, does Jesus have his head in the sand? I mean, these people who are following him have realized they've heard something that's going to severely impact their experience here on earth. And he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Does he not care? Is he apathetic? Not at all. Because he knows there's more. He says, trust in God, trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? death and resurrection of Jesus Christ isn't something that's like some, some, some far-off thought, some, some wish upon a star, some, some, some thing that has no substance to it. He says, no, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Put your name in that sentence. And where it is that I'm going I'm going to come and get you so you will always be where I am. And then Jesus says, and you know the way it is to where I'm going. And Thomas says the words that are on a lot of our hearts well, No, Lord, we don't know. How could we ever know the way? And Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the way. To give you the certainty and the assurance that you'll be able to come home. Because your citizenship, your place of home, it's in heaven. Your place of home, it's in heaven. And that's a really big deal. I really want that because there's a lot of things about heaven that, that I just don't know, that I don't understand. And, and I have these pictures and these thoughts which are usually based on, 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 on literature, on music, on movies, on TV shows. So we ask the question, well, what, what's, what's heaven going to be like? What if I get there and I don't want to be there? What if it's not all it's cracked up to be? I remember when I was little, when I was growing up, my bedroom was just down the hallway from the family room in our house. So that's where like my brother and my sister and my parents, that's where they would be watching TV. I was younger, so I'd go to bed earlier. And I'd, I always keep the door cracked in my bedroom because I wanted to hear them so, no, so I'd know that they were close. One night I went to bed and I don't know what was going on in my life that day, but I I came out of my bedroom and I came into the living room and, and I was I was crying and my parents were like, What's wrong? And I'm like, I don't wanna go to heaven. What tell us more? Like why and I was I was crying and my parents were like, What's wrong? And I'm like, I don't wanna go to heaven. What tell us more? Like, why don't you wanna go to heaven? I'm like, Well, if you I mean this is like Mike Tyson, Punch-Out, Nintendo days. I get sick of playing that video game. What is there that I could ever do that I could do forever without getting sick of it? My best friends, I would think to myself. I get sick of my best friends. I mean, if eternal life is eternal, if heaven is forever, what happens if it's disappointing? Thought about that? It won't be. Here's the truth. The finite mind can't fully comprehend that which is infinite. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Paul says this side of heaven our understanding here today and now it's like we're looking through a, a, a mirror that's dimly lit we can only see in part we get these glimpses of it we get these experiences that we want to capture but, but we can't fully grasp or, or comprehend or understand what it's really going to be like last week at uh, Vacation Bible School, our studio team went around and they asked some shepherds and some students and some, some of the kids uh, what they thought heaven was going to be like and some of the answers are really funny, some of them are super cute and many of them are incredibly profound but all of them, I would bet probably pertain to a lot of our thoughts of what heaven's going to look like. Take a look. Look up and count. all the stars tonight I think and Heaven's gonna be cloudy and God's gonna take care of us. Kind of like this but a little different. I don't know. You have these really nice soft cloud chairs with blankets and there's um, a table next to you with grapes and you see all your friends there. I play Minecraft and that's electronics. Everything you want. It's going to be an amazing place where nobody gets hurt. Maybe hey so want us go I think, Kevin, like, you can do anything. a nice place where we can all get along. I think it is going to be the most amazing place ever. God's sitting in like this throne, and then it's just gonna be like all white and everybody's like, everybody's like in this huge room. I just think a lot of people that believe in God are gonna be there. Amazing that we get to live with God. It's just gonna be a better life it just brings us so much joy and it's everyone worshiping and praising together and you see the children truly coming to christ and learning the stories and understanding who he is and his love for all of us i truly believe that vbs is about the closest thing to heaven with the music and the praising and it's a blast Pictures, yeah, praise God for that. Pictures, glimpses, four tastes of the feast to come. But rather than, you know, trying to put analogies to it, let's look to God's word. The one who created it. Let's look to what his living word has to say to us about heaven first. What is heaven going to be like? It's going to be for everyone. Center of the gospel. Center of the good news. John 3.16, Jesus says, for this is how God loved. Everybody say love. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, everybody say everyone. Think about those two words. This is how God loved the world. He gave his life so that everyone, not just some people, not just certain people, Not just the people that we like, not just the people that we we want to like. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Here's the thing that we need to know about heaven. Is everybody is given an invitation. Every single person who's ever lived in this world and whoever will live in this world will receive an invitation to the kingdom of God, to heaven. Even the people who bug you. One of the things when I was growing up is that I would do this thing where I'd always say, like, so-and-so, they bug me. So-and-so, they bug me. You want to know what my mom said to me so much that she started to bug me? She would say it every time. She'd say, you know what, Jeremy? When somebody bugs you, it has more to say about you than it does them. Think about that. She'd say, what is it about you that doesn't allow you to get over that? I think we can really work on this one, can't we? Allow people to get under our skin in a way. We allow people, we allow ourselves to take the bait of our own flesh that basically says the purpose of life is to get everybody to conform to what I think, what I believe, what I want, how I view things. How's that going for us? We, we, we send this un, unintentional message when we do that that, say, that says heaven is something that's really hard to get into and hell is something that's really easy to fall into. Not according to Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, sent his son to die for our sins so that anybody who believes in him, so all people would have an invitation. There is an invitation with your name on it. To believe it, to receive it, to accept it. To understand that God wants more than anything else to have an eternal relationship with you. How would that change the way we interact with one another? When we realize that we're all people who are in need and deserving of God's love and grace. And why don't we start practicing now? Why don't we start living that way now? It doesn't mean that we don't ever disagree on things Absolutely not. But, but do it in love. We're family. We're called to be one. Not only is heaven for everyone, but heaven's not, not going to be a disappointment. You're not going to somehow get to heaven and, and, and get there and think about like, oh my goodness, all the things that I'm missing. I don't get to watch my shows, I don't get to binge Netflix, I'm not going to cheer for my teams, I'm not going to be able, to, no, there's, there's not going to be anything in heaven that we long for, that we, we there isn't, imagine this, there's not going to be any wanting in heaven. I just think about all the things today that you said, oh, I really want, or thought, I really, I really want this, I really want that, or I wish I could have this, or, oh, there's not going to be any of that. Psalm 16: "You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Full, satisfied, abundant. People will say, "Well, well, I, I really love this and and what happens if if that's not going to be a part of heaven people talk about their their animals all the time well what if they there's not going to be a chance that you'll get to heaven and think it's yeah it's so so I mean you think about the greatest moment that you've ever had in your life just picture it for a moment maybe it was an experience that you had as a part uh, of a group of people doing something with one another Maybe it was when you got married. Maybe it was when you had a child. Maybe it was an accomplishment that you, that you had at work or, or something that you really worked hard for and then you achieved it and you're like, yes. That's but a small and tiny glimpse of what every single moment of heaven is going to be like. It's going to be that all the time, every time, without end. Not only is it not going to be disappointing, but there's going to be restoration, Restoration restorations for our bodies physically. I'm realizing now, and as much as I want to not admit it, I'm realizing now that I have fully hit middle age, 44 years old. And I realized that this last week, these last two weeks during PBS, as I watched some kids and some of our song leaders jump off things that they, when they jump, they land, and it's like they land on pillows. And I'm thinking to myself, if I jumped from that high and landed, my femurs would go through my shoulders. Like my body just can't do those things any longer. If I tried to do those things, I'd pull every muscle that I had. And there's this reality that my body, as much as I try to prevent it, and as much as I try to work against it, my body is aging. And the more that I age, it has limits. I mean, my goodness, it was on Tuesday of last week. I was walking up the stairs of the entrance on our Ashworth side here in West Des Moines. And because I need bifocals, I missed the last step. And you want to know what I did? I fell on my elbow. And you're like, oh, you probably have a sore elbow. I broke the radial head of my arm. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. When I was 25, I, would've, I, would've, I wouldn't have missed the step. First of all, I would have bounced up and been like, that feels great. And now I'm sore. There is a reality that our bodies have limits. And not just silly, funny stories. But real limits. Paul says our weak and mortal bodies that are subject to the realities. I mean, my goodness, the the, the toll that gravity has on our bodies. Spend like the first 50 years of your life getting taller and then the last ones you end up getting shorter. Gravity takes a toll. uh, And change them into glorious bodies like his own. But here's the the real beauty. That means there's going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more sickness. There's going to be no more disease. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock I'm going to do a graveside service for a, a person in, that passed away in our church family, a week before Father's Day, he found out he was sick. Two weeks later, he passed away. And I think about that. I think about the way in which sickness can get a hold of our bodies and just take a toll on them. And some people will say, well, that's just a part of God's, no, that's not God's plan. God will work together in all things the Bible promises us in Romans chapter 8. God will work together in all things, but God doesn't like cancer. God doesn't like all of the things that get a hold of our bodies. And the beautiful reality of eternity. No pain, no sickness, no disease. All gone forever. But not only are we going to have a physical restoration, we're going to have a relational one as well. After this, Paul or John writes in Revelation 7, this vision that God gives him. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and every tribe and every people and every language. In the garden, the dawn of creation, there was Adam and there was Eve, and there was God. And there was no space between them and God. And there was no space between them as created human beings. The Bible says that they they were naked and unashamed. And here's how I would rephrase that for you. They lived fully vulnerable without wondering if the other had the best intention in mind for them. That's the promise of heaven. We live lives, all of us do, we live lives and in the relationships that we have with one another and with God where we experience conflict because we're human beings who aren't perfect. It's just the reality. And anytime you face conflict in life, in any relationship that you have, when you face conflict, what does conflict do? Conflict drives a little bit of a, a gap in between your relationship. And it's in that gap that you're going to place one of two things you will put in between your relationship and it's in that gap that you're going to place one of two things you will place trust into that I believe that that was an accident I believe that I believe that they had my best interest in mind I believe that that was unintended or you will place suspicion inside of that and suspicion says I wonder if they're a good person I wonder if their intentions are good. Maybe that's just who they are. Maybe that's just how they act. Maybe that's just how they behave. And we do that in our individual relationships and we do that with our communal relationships. And the design that God has for us to be one has now been driven apart and rather than trust and love for one another, we have suspicious suspicion, skepticism, skepticism and venom for one another. It's not the way that God intended it to be. It's not the way that it's going to be in heaven. It's not the way that God intended it to be. It's not the way that it's going to be in heaven. There is going to be fully, when we will be able to be fully present and not ashamed to be vulnerable, to be loving, to, to have no space. And that's what it feels like when you're home. And that's the most important reality of heaven. we will be home. Remember that, First Philippians chapter 3. Our citizenship is heaven. In relation to eternity, the lives that we have... As important as they are, just a little blip on the radar. And our home, heaven, it's eternal. It's unending. My wife Bridget and I, we've lived in the house that we are currently living in. We've lived there for, it'll be nine years. Uh, the beginning. My wife Bridget and I, We've lived in the house that we are currently living in. We've lived there for, it will be nine years, uh, the beginning of August. We've been there. It's all of their memories uh, have been in that house. And, and our kids, no matter where we go and we visit, our kids are the same way, especially our son Trey. No matter how great the experience was, when we pull into our driveway to our house, he says the same thing every single time. He'll say, as we pull into our driveway to our house, he says the same thing every single time. He'll say, as, as we're pulling in, he says it is so good to be home a little bit away so we're still going to be in proximity we're still going to be really close and that was really exciting for quite some time really excited about it thinking about what their new rooms were going to look like what what they're going to be all of that stuff but then this last week is as Bridget's been packing our house up she's been packing it up because I've been here but she's been doing that it's now starting to hit them that the home that they've known isn't going to be home anymore. So they're going through this process right now, and to be honest, Bridget and I are going through the process right now of saying, should we unpack all the boxes? And, and, and one of our kids said, can we cancel the move? Like, no, we can't. Like, we, 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 we signed the papers. Like, we're, we're moving. What if we don't want to? Mom and Dad, what if, what if our new house doesn't feel like home? I think sometimes, isn't that the way that we think about it? When we think about eternity, when we think about heaven, we're like, this, this, is, this is all that we've known. And the, 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 the fear of it, this is all that we've known. And the, 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 the fear of it, and the uncertainty of it, we start to wonder, just last night, said, guys, this is just a house. And wherever we... Guys, this is just a house. And wherever we go to next, we're going to be together. Listen to what we heard in our Bible reading today. Revelation 21, verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. Here's the promise, is that you will eternally... Be in the presence of the God who created you. And there will be no space between you and God. There will be no disappointment. There will be no pain. There will be no separation. It's going to be glorious. So here's the thing. It's between now and then, we got a job to do. I mean it's our mission as a church to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ so that people would receive the invitation that God has written to them and they would open up the envelope and they'd be able to read how great the party is going to be. Because it's going to last, kids, you know what this is what I'm going to say. It's going to last to eternity. Yeah. To eternity. Yeah. Welcome home, church. Welcome home. And as we close today, I invite you to stand up. And we're going to sing about that. Our prayer partners are going to come up. We're going to sing about that. We're going to worship to that. We're going to lift the roof off this place. And then we're going to go out and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ so people will come home. Amen? Amen? Amen.